Today's podcast is brought to you by RetouchUp.com. RetouchUp wants to be your photo editing partner. They help you streamline your workflow to keep you doing what you do best, shooting, selling, or just enjoying life. Be sure and listen later in the show for how you can receive a special discount code from RetouchUp.com. You are listening to the Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Bure Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. I got to be honest with you. I'm having a hard time getting over it. Uh, oh, <laughs> I was like, what is, he talk- what is he talking about? I'm having a hard time getting over the fact that you shaved off your goatee. I did. I did. I shaved off my goatee, yeah. What brought picture- that on? Here's what's funny, though. I put the picture on Facebook. I'm like, here we go. I'm going to drop the bomb. I put it on Facebook. You're the only person who commented on that. No one else. No one Besides else even your commented. wife and kids, I have to look at your face more than anyone. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, I, I expected other people to be like, oh, hey, you shaved. No one, not a single person said a word. It, it's unnerving because now I've never paid so much attention to your teeth before. <laughs> you think, really? You think it makes my teeth more noticeable? <laughs> yes. No, not in a bad way. I've just, I'm just like really aware of the, of your teeth now if in fact here, here's the thing if, if we had to do a forensic you have analysis, a full beard and i don't feel like i'm not aware of your teeth when i'm looking at you there they are well I, I also have gigantic bugs bunny teeth mm. you know like my my two front teeth like you could you could yeah you you could literally anchor a, a cruise ship to my teeth like okay. i have gigantic so my teeth are, are are one of my main character my my pointy hair my big teeth my beard is like a a, a backup singer you know it's it's just barely there but like you're, I've just been only ever known you with this goatee. And now that it's gone, I'm like, oh, he has teeth. Because if there was like, if you, let's say, if you were, if you were murdered and I had to like recreate okay. you somehow in like a police sketch type right. situation and they'd be like, okay, what are his teeth like? And I go, huh. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you if really? they're straight or crooked. Never I noticed my teeth before. I've never. They're not great teeth. I've had. I've worn braces twice in my life, and once again, I need braces a third. My my teeth. I've got. It's my. It's hereditary. My teeth just. They're like they refuse. They refuse to play game to play ball. Look, I got a. My teeth are so crooked. You could park a bicycle. In Mine are terrible. Front teeth do this and that and everything. And I'm telling you, the day's going to come when I retire. I'm going to do the thing where I'm going to fly down to Mexico. And I'm going to spend like five grand and I'm going to have all caps put on. I can't wait, dude. One of these days, I'm just going to spend 20 grand and I'm just going to have somebody just give me, like, go from like that, like Nicolas Cage yeah. to post teeth Nicolas Cage. The, you know, yeah, but see, so you're going to do the 20. I'm doing the five because you can go down to Mexico, my friend. They have a whole industry set up of uh, tourism for this where you book it. They have a hotel, they have everything. You fly in, you come to their special hotel, you get all your work done and everything. You come home, it costs about 25, 30% of what it would cost to get it done here. That includes the trip. But here's the thing: you're going to end up looking like P Diddy, you know, with no. like those those dolphin teeth. Many of these doctors, many of these <laughs> doctors were educated in America. All right, okay. So I, you know what? I'll, I'll let you go first, and then and then if it works out, then I'll Just gonna... test the waters for me. What I want is I want the teeth that I have now, like exactly, right. except slightly straighter on the top row and a lot whiter, and I'd be fine with that. I don't need like those big, perfect, like no, Nicholas Cage teeth, man. I want, the, I want the Tom veneers. Cruise teeth. 
Oh, no, that would look so weird. Have you seen the pre and post veneers Nicolas Cage side-by-side no, comparison? No. Okay, so go watch Peggy Sue Got Married. Okay. And in Peggy Sue Got Married, it was Nicolas Coppola, not Nicolas Cage. And he had, it was pre-veneer, so he has these tiny little teeth. And then all of a sudden you see like, I don't know, um, Raising Arizona, and all of a sudden he's just got this mouthful of chompers. Like it's a huge, huge difference. I dated Something a girl one time, and she had the full set, and uh, they're brilliantly white. And I was like, your teeth, man, wow. And she goes, yeah. She said, when I, I had it done, my dentist was like, this is the level of white that you want. And I was like, no, I want two levels brighter. He was like, no, you're not going to like that. And I'm like, that's what I want. And that's what she got. And man, her smile lit up a room. You could, you could see it like, from space. <laughs> you know, it, it was not bad at all. You absolutely It's good to have her it. around on a hurricane day when the power yeah. goes out. And you just shine a flashlight on her yeah. mouth and it just disco balls the yeah. entire living room. That's great. Well, you know. Here's the thing. After sitting with you now over the next, if you don't grow this, go tea back. Over sitting with you now, yeah. if something happens and there's a situation where I have to forensically recreate your teeth, I'll be able to do yeah, it. Now, now you can do that. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sorry that you will have to, you know, recreate these uh, these uh, massive uh, crazy chompers that I have. Here's the question. Here's the question. Do I look older or younger? I'm having trouble with that because obviously, you know, because you, your your goatee went from like very dark yeah. to very gray yeah. over the last eight years. Percentage-wise, the amount of gray on my face and hair just went way down. Right, but now I can see your wrinkly face. <laughs> see, this, this, my friend, is the balance that I was trying to struggle with. Was you know, I think you've just robbed Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, I think right. you look I the same the gray, age. But now you can see this scraggly old man thing I got going on. You out. look so much the same that I, the person who looks at your face the most besides your wife and children, was the only person that noticed that the new picture yeah. didn't have a coat. Too. Yeah, that was what was, I really expected there to be a big thing when I posted it online where people were saying, oh my gosh, you shaved. And no, not a single, you said something and no one else. I've shaved off my beard a couple of times in the last right. 15 years that Julie and I have been together. And both times it didn't go well. She, she doesn't like my face. <laughs> She's like, she, oh, she, oh, she, well, because that's the thing. I'm with Bobby would encourage me to do it. And that's why I did it, because Bobby's like, you should just shave it off. Just shave it off. I'm like, okay. It can't be, listen, also, it can't be fun to kiss somebody with a beard. I don't know. I, I've never kissed somebody with a beard. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I've kissed at a couple of girls that were close to it, but. Yeah, I mean, my grandma. Yeah. She, she, no she, tongue, she, grandma. <laughs> grandma, yeah. Grandma said no tongue. <laughs> but yeah, so I, it can't be, you know, it's all prickly and, you know. Hey, so I uh, anyway, congratulations on your face. Oh, okay. I think that uh, I think it's a beautiful face. Oh, hey, listen, before we go to the next thing, this is yeah. a real quick hit uh, for the for the gamers that are out there that listen to the show. Okay, uh, we're recording this, and so this is going to drop on Tuesday tomorrow, which is the day that New World launches. New World, and I'm not going to go into the details. If you know what I'm talking about, you do. If you don't, it launches tomorrow. It's called New World. I will be on the Olympus server. In case you don't know where you're going to go, go to the Olympus server, and I will probably be using my name, Boorag. So if you're a New World player, that's where you go. All right. That was some real inside baseball. It, right well, it, New World is a new cut. It's a new MMORPG, massive multiplayer online role-playing game. It's being put out by Amazon, and it's like the first MMORPG to come along in a long time that they're like, wow, people are, are defecting from World of Warcraft to come play it. Wow. So they're saying it might, it might be a really big deal, and it launches in the morning. And, you know, so that you have to be on the same server with someone if you want to but play But it's going to launch. It's going to launch in the morning at 11 a.m. It's going to, uh, no, 8 a.m. Pacific. 
8 a.m. Pacific. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. 8, 8, 8, I'm sorry, 8 a.m. Uh, Central, 4 a.m. Pacific. Oh, or 3 a.m. Okay. or 5 a.m. Yeah, or 5 a.m. Looks like they were listening to that last episode where you were complaining about games launching. Yes. You know, on Pacific time. So yes. maybe they split the difference. And yeah. did well, launch. you know, they got to do a rolling launch. They can't launch everything at once because the servers will get overloaded and, and shut down. So it's a rolling launch where they launch like, you know, different sections of the world, different times. Like the EU servers are already upset because they're launching last. And like two uh, weeks from now. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and names are universal. So if you get your, if you get your name on your server, then it stays. No server can have your name. No one can have your name but you. So you want to get and in first so the and EU, get your handle. So the EU yeah. servers are really upset because they're like, we're going to come in last and there's not going to be any, I, you know, I'm not going to be able to, to get Choke the Chicken Bob. Oh, that's my name, <laughs> Choke the Chicken Bob, and someone else is going to get it, you know. And so they're already complaining about that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Noob Slayer 69 is certainly yes. going to be taken. There you go. By that's that's going to be long gone. So I wouldn't be surprised if I don't get my name. I'm sorry to all the Noob Slayer 69s in uh, Asia. Oh, and because uh, you won't get it, you won't get a chance to put in your name until next week. My favorite, my favorite, bummer. probably my favorite name I ever saw in a game was not in the face. <laughs> that's funny that's actually that's on my family's coat of arms yeah, yeah that's true face. that's a, those are the family words it's like a unicorn and a tiger not in the face you, kick, a, you can kick my ass but just not in the face so i am going to be doing some international travel did i tell you this uh don't believe you i'm actually going to be traveling internationally as well look at us men yes, of the world. look at us with our masks and our required covid tests before we can come home yeah, exactly. Well, here's the thing. There's this show, and it's called The Newborn and Portrait Show, and this happens in Coventry in the UK, mm-hmm. and it is just the coolest little boutique conference. It starts off, it's mainly for maternity, newborn, and family portrait photographers, although they opened it up to sort of more general portraiture stuff in the last couple of years, and it's a pretty small on the education side of maybe a couple of hundred people going to classes but then they have a big expo that several thousand people a day come to. But it's at this, I may have talked about it on the show before, it's at this beautiful little, in this beautiful little village in Coventry, and it's like an old estate house. And on the grounds of this old estate house, they've built this small like conference center. And it's like an old farmhouse, but it's all these very modern stuff. And it's really kid-friendly. It's got a playground, and it's got a lake where you can go canoeing or whatever. And it's got great food. And all the instructors stay together in this um, estate house that's on the ground. So it's like a big sleepover in this old estate house. And all the instructors, every night, they gather in the common room, and we drink, and we play cards and stuff. And you get to see and hang out with all these incredible structures, like they've got, you know, in, in years past, been like Kelly Brown and Brooke Shaden and, you know, all some really, really incredible instructors that you get to just hang out with on a very small level in small classroom sizes. And, and tr- tr- traditionally, this will be my third time going, maybe fourth, and I'm teaching portrait photographers, wedding photographers, or, or baby photographers, belly photographers, how to use headshots as a side hustle to feed their boutique portrait business. So it's going to be a really cool class. But I usually take the family with me because my sister lives about 15 minutes away from there. Fun side note, my dad's mom was born in the same village where this conference takes place, which is pretty cool. But this year, because the kids are too young to get vaccinated, we would have to quarantine once we get there for like two weeks and then quarantine when they come back. And so, we're, we, you know, it's like to go to a conference for three days it's like two weeks of quarantine on either side of it. 
So, you know, as opposed to taking my three small children on a plane, masking for probably for 14-hour travel day and quarantining on both ends and getting tests on both ends, they would have to get tests three different times over the course of it. I'm just going to go on my own because also I'm going to get to visit my sister while I'm there who I haven't seen in two years because of the pandemic. So, But it's going to be a really, really cool conference. If I'll put a link in the description, and I'm also going to put a link into the Bombardier's Lounge Facebook page. If I know we have some listeners in the UK... And if you haven't checked out this conference, it is in a beautiful part of the country. It's in a beautiful location. Maybe my favorite venue for a photography conference I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot. And that's saying something. Um, It is absolutely awesome. So uh, the Newborn and Portrait Show, it's called. And you can check that out uh, and just Google it even, and it'll come up. But it's it's an absolute blast. The level of instruction they gave is great. The expo is awesome. And just here's the cool thing about the UK, right? Like they have pubs. A pub isn't a bar in the American sense. A pub is like almost a family establishment to the point where... At the at the pub that's in the back of the conference center, there's an outdoor patio that overlooks these like rolling hills and a little lake back there. They have a bounce house very often. They've converted a double decker bus into a playground so the kids can run around and say, oh. like it's awesome. The food is great, the bar is great. But here's how family friendly pubs are. In the cooler behind the bar, they keep juice boxes. <laughs> Okay. Like sure. going and having lunch and having a couple of drinks and enjoying a beautiful day at a bar. You you can't really do that much here in the states. It doesn't really happen, especially in the south. It's not particularly right. popular because drinking is so bad or evil or whatever. But like, it's uh, it's absolutely great. It's family friendly. I totally recommend it. So uh, check that out, and it'll be it'll be coming up in October, like the seventeenth, I think, is when it's happening. I like the small class size. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel it's a more personal, you know, we should do something like that over here. Like somebody should uh, do like a, a small class size conference someplace cool like Orlando. Mm-hmm. Like maybe next maybe year mm-hmm. where they would maybe have like two should. established photographers concentrating on like, oh, I don't know, like inside work and outside work. You know, we should do something like that should happen. Who who would they get who to do such a thing? Who would they get to do that? And when would, and when would they actually officially announce it? That's the question. Uh, well, how about how about let's say if this were going to be happening, if this we were if this and, were a thing that was going to happen, if this theoretically, if it were going to theoretically, happen, like, let's say for example that there was already a contract in place with a really cool hotel, <laughs> right? Let's say that if that were the case, right? That maybe if these and two, a, and a logo and a logo, right? Right. A so logo. Maybe there's the, a logo. If, if these two photographers had a podcast and they were going to yes. do a thing like that, right. they might find a way to sort of tease it on yeah, their podcast. Yeah, like, you know, which is kind of a, uh, you know, like a deucey thing to do, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, like, I know because people would be like, when is this happening? Yeah. How much does it cost? And they wouldn't tell you. It? They would just like tease it that it was coming up, you know, and then what a bunch of a-holes. Yeah, if, <laughs> if I listen to a podcast right. and the host of the podcast, two clearly great photographers, the world's greatest photographers, Obviously. some would say. Obviously. Some would say. We're going to have a little conference. And not only that, but hosting hangouts. So you basically get to hang out with these photographers for a couple of days. Which I think right there should be, uh, uh, you should drop the price immediately if you're, just for that. If you have to hang out with the hosts, I mean, you, could, you should spend you less could, money. If one of the hosts recently shaved off their facial hair and <laughs> you wanted to see it in person, you could do that. So but More importantly um, than the hangout will be the hours and hours and hours of hands-on instruction. Absolutely. And if you were going to pick a date for this, if yes. there was like, I would say in the wintertime when photographers in a lot of the country are very slow and don't not going to have right. be in their busy season. And let's say you could come to someplace warm, right. someplace 
someplace pleasant, someplace, someplace you, you could bring could, the family and have a make a vacation out of it. You could go to the happiest place on earth and write it all off as a business expense. I think that sounds like a great idea. Somebody should really get on this. They should. March 21st in Orlando, Florida <laughs> would be the perfect date for this to it be would. happening. I think March 21st in Orlando would be a perfect date for this thing that we're not supposed to be talking about yet. Did you know that March 21st is 321? Oh, there you go. How about that? 321. 321. It has nothing to three, do with two, anything. Two, two. I just. It'll three, be, two, one, two, two. Yeah, three, two, which two, is two. Uh, part of Ray's phone number. But we're way, going to officially announce it. I suppose it will be officially announced when we have like a way for you to actually sign up. Right. Yeah. We which will be soon. Yeah. Which will be. And by soon. we, so I mean it, Gary. And by we. <laughs> and by we, I mean these theoretical podcast yes. host, photography yes. industry educators having a conference, yes. a mini conference, a get together where you get to hang out, have a meal, you know, enjoy a day of education. And another hangout and another meal. And maybe even it would be possible, it'd be really cool if they would add an optional second day of business training. Right. I think that that would be really cool too. Right. Do you think that's a good idea? It's possible. It's possible. Absolutely. It would be a good idea. Well, you, know, you know, they would probably have been putting off talking about it because they were worried about COVID. But now the words are starting to come in that they think we're going to really be out of the woods by by March of next year. Yeah, that's what the C- that's what the experts, many experts at the CDC yeah. are predicting that by March we'll be in a much better place. That's oh. what we're hoping for. That's what that's what these theoretical photography educators are hoping for. So, what <laughs> else you got? Uh, that's all I've got except uh, for photography news if you're ready to do it. No, not quite because there is something we were chatting about before the show. Oh, that's that- right. That's not photography related, but it is girl dad related. <laughs> definitely, definitely not photography related. It's girl dad related. You and I both right. love this show on Netflix called Sex Education, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you just finished watching the third season. Right. And this is that I think this is a terrific show. I've really enjoyed it, watching it for the last three seasons. Um, however, it is controversial because it it depicts teenagers in a high school situation, and it's pretty much based around the sexuality and all the yes. the, the comical escapades of these teenagers, and, and, and although all the actors are not minors. In fact, some right. of them are closer to 30 than to 18. It depicts a lot of high school-based sexuality, which some people would find offensive, which started us on a conversation mm-hmm. about daughters and boyfriends and sex. And I think that that was something, and we were talking about it a little bit. I said, we should save this for the show because this is pretty good. And so um, I guess, you know, thinking about all the people that would be offended by this and, you know, sitting there watching it feeling like, should I be offended by this? Like teen- in teenagers having sex and also encouraging it. I feel like the point of the show is to say that uh, something that you and I both believe, which is people are just going to have sex with each other. Yes. They just are, and yeah. you, and there's no amount of like shaming them out of it. All, no. You're just going to push it into the darkness. I have always you know? said that if, if you're a person who preaches abstinence, that's great as long as you did not have sex until you were married. If you did had sex before you were married, then that makes you a hypocrite and just shut up. That's, or, you know, or, that's, or, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If if you if you if, you, if you're preaching it and you did it, then okay, I'm you you I you get the right. But if you you can't. You can't preach to your children to do something that you didn't do. Right. And 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 here's the thing. I was I grew up in a very conservative Christian household and I was a volunteer in a youth group and I was a huge nerd in high school and to the point like I was not popular, I was not confident, I was not, you know, I did not have a way with the ladies. I, there was nothing going right. for me. I was like 
comic books and Dungeons and Dragons and and playing my guitar alone in my room. Like that was my high school experience for the most part. As big a nerd as I was, I still had sex in high school. <laughs> I don't care. I don't think I officially uh, had sex in high school. I mean, oh, I, there was an encounter, funny. but I'm not sure because <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not sure if it was official. Which which teacher was it? <laughs> oh, Miss Robinson. Did you uh, have a good te- a goatee or not? That's no, the I did question. not, and I was a huge nerd as well. And so, no, for me, it was uh, it was college. Hmm. Yeah, it was college. Yeah. I just don't see. I just don't see the the good. If if the vast majority of young people are gonna have sex between the ages of fifteen and twenty, like not sure. arming them with good information is like so dangerous. Right, and this show's a little over the top. I mean, oh, like, way. you know, in the last season, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'd want my kids going to that school either. They're just a little over the top, <laughs> you know. It's, but you know, it's just a little over the top. But but I do. I, but I am a big advocate for everything else in terms of education and safety and all the rest of it. But here's the thing I love about the show. It takes place in some sort of time warp time period that didn't actually exist. It's like kind of based a little bit on the 80s, you know, like in the yeah, clothes very and stuff. retro Like they're wearing stonewashed jeans and stuff like that. But then there's things like they have cell phones, but... They listen to vinyl records. Everybody on the show has a record player. Yeah, they all That's have. They also, it's like they, it's vinyl records and cell phones, so it's all kind of mix mashed as to. It's like obviously that the the producers or directors just decided we're going to put in the stuff that we like, and we're not going to really you know set it in a particular time period. And we like vinyl records, so everyone uses vinyl records, you know. And but but we want people to be able to text, so everybody has a cell phone. Whoever's in charge of the music on that show is a genius. Like it is just the, the music, the music they good, use, yeah. the music that's written for the show. It's fantastic. But well, to 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 go to the sensitive topic at hand, okay. the thing that has I have three daughters. You have two daughters, yes. so I win. But besides that, your daughters are, are are older than mine, and people will always come back to me if we if I'm in a conversation where I'm expressing my views on you know uh, teen sexuality, the sex, sexuality in general. Is that like it's this inevitable part of life? We're programmed. To have as much sex as we can before we die, or else our species will go extinct. Like that's how our brains are are genetically and evolutionary predisposed. And and people go, well, like, well, what about your daughters? I'm like, I'm pretty sure at some point they'll probably have sex. Sure. Like, sure. <laughs> I'm almost certain. And in fact, there, there there's a threshold as a parent where you start rooting for it because you want grandkids. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, like you go from don't have any sex ever, don't even think about it, stay away from it, to like go. Go, right. go, go. And and so people will often push back on you, well, what are you going to do when your daughter's having sex with her boyfriend in high school? It's like, I'm hopefully I just gave her great information so that she doesn't have a bad experience. Yep. Yep. So that it's not an awful thing for her. You know, it's like, I'm not going to, I'm going to expect my daughters to live up to a standard that I didn't, I myself didn't live up to. And right. no one I know lived up to. <laughs> like, right. like I, how many people do you think actually make it all the way? to the altar to their wedding night how many people i've met a couple of i've met a couple of couples yeah sure i've met a couple who were that yeah, way absolutely. over yeah, the years i met yeah, a couple yeah, of sure. them but my, my most I, and it's just silly it's so important that it's silly to think that you would marry somebody without knowing if you're sexually compatible oh yeah that that was like the argument though that that, that you used to try and get a girl to have sex with you when you were in youth group you know <laughs> <laughs> well see what gets me about you saying that is I can't tell you, I grew up in the Bible Belt, in the buckle of the Bible Belt, and I can't tell you 
how many people I knew who did it for the first time when they were on a retreat with a youth group. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Youth group field trips were like, yeah, yeah it's like a, it's like or a like, sex or like cult. They had, they yeah. had a sleepover thing at the school slash church and right. that's when it would happen. And I would, and even I was just like, oh, that's, you know, like, oh yeah, in the balcony of, of the church. I'm like, in the, in the church? Yes. Dude, on the church bus on the way back from church camp? I, yeah, I'm telling you, yeah, like, it, it was, it's, yeah, was like, it was oh, like Studio 54 in the back of that bus. you can't keep these kids from doing it, you're not going to keep your kids from doing it. And yeah, so who, I, who are just, in the closest to the, to, to, the, to the information they want you to have. Yeah. You know, the, so, like, yeah, no. <laughs> well, I had the problem. I, I had two daughters, 17 and 15, and so... Then they both have boyfriends, and they're both good kids. And um, you know, I let my wife kind of handle most of it because they don't want to have anything to do with dad in this discussion. There's a fine line, rightly though. so. There's, right. you know, I feel there's two things. One, I want everybody to have the right information. I want everybody to be safe. I want everyone to have a good experience. At the same time, there is some value in the boyfriends being just a little afraid of me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a little afraid of me, you know, and my wife's like, no. And I'm like, yes, they need to be just a little afraid of me so that they give so they so so they treat my daughters with respect. You know, you don't have to be the guy sharpening the machete when they come over. Although, but it's not a bad idea. But you also don't have to be the buddy, buddy, buddy guy. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. and, and, and my wife is buddy, buddy, buddy with them. And I'm not as buddy, buddy. And it's because I want them to just have a little bit of fear of the hammer. Yeah, you know the hammer, my daughter. Yes, just a <laughs> little hammer. fear of the hammer that 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 you know, Mr. Perry might just kill me if I do. This something. is what we're gonna call you from now. Oh, do you make the boyfriends call you Mr. Perry? Uh, no, they no one's ever they've never addressed me by a name yet. So that's great. Like they're too afraid that they're gonna say the yeah. wrong thing. Like yeah. they're gonna call you Boo-Ray. It's like excuse. Yeah, me. if they, if they I, and that'd be the sort of thing that they call me Boo-Ray in front of Bobby, and I'd say it's Mr. Perry. And then Bobby later would give me a hard time about it. And I would be like, no, there is a certain level of respect that needs to be paid to parents. Right. You know, yeah. Because, uh, because I would never call a parent by their first name when I was 16. Yeah, these these are our baby old. girls, man. Yeah. They're like, you know, like, I, I, I want them I'm to Mr. be. I'm Mr. Perry. When you're engaged, then you can call me Bure. Then you can call me Mr. Bure. Yeah, or dad. <laughs> you Mr. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, it's Mr. Perry. Yeah, you know, again, not throwing your children to the wolves, but like, you know, how could it hurt to empower empower people and give them all the information? Like, guess what? This is what happens. This is this. These are the possibilities of when you make this choice. These are all the things, and this is how you prepare for that. Right. And this is how you avoid that thing. And the number one way, by the way, to not get an STI or to have a baby is to not have sex. Yes, I agree 100%. There's a 0% chance of anything like that happening without actually having sex. So like, you know, fine. But like, you know, you just there's this there's this thing in, in fundamentalism in general, in this in ideology in general that says if something's bad, it, don't look at it. Stay as far away from it as possible. Don't look in that direction. And I, and I was amazed it, it, like when I first got to college at the amount of people I met and the things I was exposed to that I had no idea existed. Like I was meeting people from like other cultures and other religions, other races that I'd never been exposed to in my small town in the South. And I was like, how did no one tell me that any of this existed? Oh, I don't have that that problem because my my girls are more likely to educate me. The, The kids today are so much more aware of the world and the things that are going on. Oh, something happened to me this week's never happened for the first time. I shot... Uh, a school and I was doing and you photographed a school. photographed a school and twice uh, I asked someone what their pronouns were 
I was I, I was working with a person, and I was and and a teacher or something asked me a question about that person, and I said, "Well, I'm almost finished with," and I went, "I'm sorry, what are your pronouns?" He him. I'm almost I'm almost finished with him, and I was very proud of myself because in both instances it was a person who I believed to be biologically female, and their pronouns were he him. So I mm-hmm. it was the right call, and um, in both instances. I asked, I got the answer, and then I moved on as if I had just asked you how tall you were. Right, yeah. It, like, yeah, like, it just wasn't even, like, it wasn't even, it was just nothing. Like, what do you pronounce? He, him. Okay, and blah, 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 blah. Like, just, it wasn't even a thing, you know? Like, it totally wasn't a deal that I asked you what your pronouns were. And I think were. in normal, like, uh, you know, binary cis child these days wouldn't be bothered if you ask them what their pronouns were. You're supposed were. They to. Care. I think it's a polite thing to do. But also was interested in the fact that when I asked, they instantly gave me the answer. Yeah, they know. It's on their Instagram profiles, for God's sake. Yeah. And, and I, and I want to believe they were glad I asked. Yeah, but it also helped. It also helped with the posing. But you got to be so cool about it because you like, right. that's no big deal. Like, I was just yeah, like, it's no big deal. Just like, like I'm, a, okay. I'm a boomer. It's yeah, no it's big just, deal. Like I said, no different than saying, how tall are you? Or how old are you? It just, I just, boom. So I was, proud of my, I was proud of myself for being as old as I am that I was able just to, bam. It's like when you turn around and address somebody that has an eye patch and you're like, don't say anything. You right. just, just totally unflappable. You're like, I'm not going to look at the eye patch. I'm not going to mention the eye patch. I'm not going to say anything. Or if they're missing a limb, you know, you just, I want to treat this person like there's nothing different about them and that like nothing about them is unusual. And I think that that's important in the world we live in is like not make a big deal out of it. You know what I mean? Like, and it's hard if you grew up in a more binary culture to, to avoid you know, being surprised by stuff, but like our kids, what well, by you know, by the time that they have kids, can you imagine? Like, there's just going to be like two go- two dudes holding hands is going to be like nothing. Right. Where if you well, like in my town, yeah, yeah, if my town ta- in my town growing up, two dudes holding hands would be on the in the paper. <laughs> you know I, I think mean? it's really really tough though for the younger generation. They seem to be handling it very well, but still, there are issues that are tough. How to how to say this on the show. Uh, that we were just talking about. Um, there's a person on the show who is uh, is a cisgender doesn't doesn't have a gender. Non-binary. Non-binary. It's non-binary. Okay. So another character uh, starts to like this person. Uh, this person is biologically female, and the male person, uh, heterosexual, starts to like this person and wants a relationship with this person. And that person says to him, "You realize that if you're in a relationship with me, you're in a queer relationship." And I'm, I stopped the TV and I'm like, okay, how does, okay, so how does that work? Because you identify as a different gender or because you don't identify as a gender, then that makes it a queer relationship to anybody that you're with, I suppose. Because you, unless, but what if you're with another person who doesn't identify as a gender either? Now are you both in a queer, I guess what I don't understand is the definition of what queer relationship means. You know, and it also brings to light, like we, like my daughter had a friend, Elliot, and Elliot was biologically female, and Elliot was dating a boy in school, and I heard they were in the back of the car, I was taking them to choir one day, and they were talking about it, and he, and Elliot was saying, yeah, I told him, I'm like, you realize that, that if you have a relationship with me, that's like a gay relationship, and he was like, but I don't see you that way, I see you as a girl, and he was like, but I'm not, but he was like, but physically you are. And I'm like, I'm in the front seat. And I'm just like, I'm so glad I don't have to navigate this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm so glad that I don't have to try and wrap my head around this at 16. 
Yeah, yeah. You know? Dude, this is this is the craziest thing. And and by the way, if your children, by the way, your children probably shouldn't be listening to this if they're little. But if right. you have little children with an earshot, I just I just want you to know I'm going to spoil a few childhood things. So go ahead and put your headphones on, get your kids out of the room because this is this is going to be infuriating if if you accidentally let your kids listen to the next thirty seconds of what I'm going to say. From the age of like eight to the age of like 14, maybe even 12 or 13, it is incredibly traumatic existences for kids, and I've never really thought about it before until I watch my own. Between the age of 8 and 12, here are the things that you learn. One, you're going to die. Everyone you know is going to die, and it's probably not going to matter. And one day, the sun's going to explode, and everyone's going to die. That You learn that. And then the next thing that you learn is all of the things, those make-believe things that were adding magic to your life, none of those are real, by the way. <laughs> yeah. None of the things that bring you joy around the holidays, none of the animals, creatures, magic, all that stuff, right. all of it's fake, and it's made up, and your parents have been lying to you. Also, by the way, the world, incredibly dangerous place, and there's probably someone on your street who, if they were left alone with you, would kill you and turn you into a skin tuxedo, if they could. Like, that's the world we live in. In fact, you could go on Google and look up all the sexual predators that live in your neighborhood, and it's it's terrifying. And all of these horrifying, traumatic things you learn between, like, 8 and 13, and then people are just amazed about why teenagers are so moody and sullen. Yeah. And by the way, on, on top of that, your body, you're not even going to recognize oh it over God. that period. You're going to be a completely different person. You're going to learn all these terrible truths about the universe where the world used to be magic and everything was great to the, the planet's dying and there are people trying to kill you and none of the stuff you thought was real is real and your parents were lying to you the entire time. That is all the stuff you learn between like eight and 13 and people are like my 14 year olds are a real asshole i'm like yeah you just ruined their life <laughs> yeah, we dropped a That's heck of a bomb on them a lot of bombs in a very short period of time like like it's just to please just and you also you have to come to terms with not just the killing stuff but you have to come to terms with the idea that not all adults are good yes yes you can't trust all adults including like, people like teachers yeah, I'm taking my kids to Home Depot the other day, and my six-year-old, my three-year-old, and my two-year-old, we do this every time I go into a store, then it's just me on my own. And I say, okay, what are the rules? Okay. They say, in, in unison practically, don't touch, stay close to daddy, don't touch anything, um, and also, if you get lost, find someone who works at the store, or a mom with kids, or a police officer. And I'm like, okay, let me just think about that. Mom with kids is probably fine, unless there's someone there who's already kidnapped a kid that's using a kid to lure in <laughs> See, other now, kids. Now you're going really deep. <laughs> you know, but like that's the but that's the world that the eight to twelve year olds are learning about, and people are so angry yeah. at their kids for being angry. And I'm like, you did it too. It happened to you. That's why they're all anxious and depressed. Yeah, your whole world gets rocked. <laughs> Yeah, like in, in a very years. short space of time, that's a tough few years. So just if your teenager's a little angsty and angry and maybe maybe gives you a crap all the time, just remember about the eight, nine, ten years that you've been lying to them, telling them that the world is a magical <laughs> place and how disappointed they are in you. So just give them a break. Like, all right. Just give them a break. It is time for Photography News. Photography, photography News. Photography News brought to you by the good folks at RetouchUp.com. We have a new code. New code this week. That's right. The new code is get started, and it's one word, get started. And this is because we are just now wrapping up 
Restoration Month. I didn't know this was a thing. It is a thing, and we didn't know it, but September, is it September? It is. September is Restoration Month for for restoring photos, and the good folks at ReTouchUp also do restoration work. So if you sign up for ReTouchUp, if you use the code GETSTARTED, one word, you will get half off of of one restored photo on ReTouchUp.com. And here's another cool thing. If you contact their customer support and ask them, for the restoration samples, they will send you a whole file, a whole Dropbox file of restoration samples of the work that they have done. Not only can you look at these samples, but you can use them for marketing. You can go on your website or you can go on Facebook and say, here's the sort of restoration work that I do. Of course, you don't do it. You send it off to But your editor does. You have them do it. That's right. But they, they say, so you send me all these samples that you can put out because I, I've been hearing more and more about restorations it seems like in the last year, like this has become a thing. Like on one of the local photographers who's got a, a, a location I drove by the other day and his sign out front was, you know, photo restoration. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like you, it wasn't the sort of thing that really was aw- that you saw in the forefront being offered by photographers. And I'm seeing it more and more now. Yeah, I think it's, it, it, by the way, a great extra income generator, you know, and for work that you don't really have to do yourself. You take the order from the client, you fill that order, you give great customer service, but all the bulk of the actual retouching work is going to be done by retouch up, which is which is fantastic. They, you know, it's and the good news is you do get half off your first restoration, which is financially speaking the best offer we've ever given. Yes, in terms of percentage, yes. In terms of actual percent off. Yeah, so yeah, I, I would, I absolutely would do it, and uh, I think that it's if you run a portrait business to create a sideline of income like this, I, I think is almost a no brainer. Yeah, yeah. So check them out, retouch up dot com and get your restoration work on. All right, so photography news. First story we have to talk about is that uh, once again the folks over at uh, Photo Stealers. What's her name? Le- I do not know. You, Le- you Leanne, talked to them once, didn't you? What's her? Ah, uh, what's her name? I'm so sorry. I'm. So, I've, I've forgotten her name. I follow her too on uh, Twitter and stuff. Uh, Le- uh, You'll uh, think of it. Just walk away from uh, it. Okay, I'm going to walk away from it. Anyway, she runs the Photo Stealers. Website and um, she has caught uh, somebody once again, and this guy was a fairly uh, famous guy, a pet photographer, and uh, his name was Ben Sheehan, and he's won quite a few awards and stuff like that. And uh, she sourced him out and discovered that many, many, many of the photographs that he was putting in a competition and claiming as his own were actually composites. Yes, uh, that he was pulling images off of, of stock images of locations and then compositing his. I, I believe it's his dog into the photos mm-hmm. um so this is a big problem for uh, entering into competitions that don't allow this sort of work um and of course there's i think there's a gray area on you know if you're just on my website here's my here's my animal photos and well you tell me you're on a website here's my animal photos here's what i do do you have to tell people that you're using stock images for the backgrounds because i put up headshots and i don't say oh by the way i replaced the background on this Right. Yeah, I think it just depends on what you're using them for. And and honestly, the com- the composites that Ben Sheehan put together, he did a wonderful job oh, on they're beautiful. They're matching beautiful. the lighting. And so like there is a, a whole subset of skills to be like, look what I can do with these images. And you could you could gain garner equal acclaim for that. However, see, here, see, see that. Yeah. Uh, OK. It's not yeah. like he not like so he, I want because I want to kind of go two steps on this one. Is it wrong to not tell your clients that you're compositing? Let's just start there. Uh, it depends on who your clients are, like, and and what the images are for. Client, if you're if you're selling 
you know, pet photography and, and I, I want pictures of my dog. I'm, I'm looking online and I see all these incredible images of, of dogs in front of waterfalls, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I'm going to hire that guy. I mean, you're going to know before the job is done that it's composited because he's not going to take your dog out to a volcano. Right. Well, I don't even know if this is kind of his professional work. It's just pictures of his own dog. You know what I mean? Okay. And so, so, okay. You, it, so, that, so that's one thing, right? But here's where, here's where I think where you really tick people off. Yes. Is that he would post pictures on Instagram or whatever, and then he would tell a little story mm-hmm. about how, you know, it was how when I took this image, I had my dog here, and I was hiding in this spot to get my dog to look at Oh, yeah, I was direction. just reading this comment. A guy and, commented on it like, stunning work, love the long exposure. If you don't mind me asking, is this a composite? <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, no, it isn't. The water oh, looks awful. I took the picture with a remote release, so I blurred the water as best I could for an effect to try and bring it back a bit. I'm actually a bit uh, behind him, crouched down, throwing stuff. He will stand anywhere I place him. Like, he really... You do what you got to do. He's one of my failed show dogs, so he'll stand proudly literally anywhere. Okay, that's where you cross a line. Double Again, down on it, yeah. N- not necessarily ethically business-wise where you cross a line, but it's where you cross a line just with people in general. Right. You know, photographers in general, if you claim something photography-wise that you didn't do or that isn't yours, man, do we get pissed off at you. Right. You know, we, that's, we, ooh, 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 we do not like it. And that's where he really crossed the line. I don't think he ever would have come under any notice if it wasn't for that. Yeah, there's no problem paying Gettys for an image and then using it in a composite. There's no problem entering that composite into a competition if the rules allow composites where you didn't photograph all the elements. There's no problem with being good at that. There's, and he's still creating these incredible images. It's the BS factor. And incidentally, a lot of these places where the photos are, are specific park areas, protected areas where they don't allow people to bring pets. And so he was right. saying that like he got special access to favors or whatever. And it's like, it's like getting caught in a lie and then doubling down on it. And like, I think, you know, having been contacted, he's like, yeah, I'm full of crap. Like, I, basically, like, you got so, me. So many of them where he's just talking about our trip, our trip. It was really hard to get up here to this spot where I took this picture. And, oh, man, I, I just, I cringe. I'm, I, I cringe at what's the, what's going through the mind of a person who does that? Yeah, I, I honestly, like, I, I don't know. I like Because it really is, I mean, because literally it's kind of a no harm, no foul. Right. Like, I mean, you're really, he's really not hurting anybody. Unless he's, he's winning really, prizes really hurting in contests anybody. and taking money that other people well, yeah, did okay, obey yeah, the rules. Yeah, in that case, yes. But if, if you want to invent a fantasy life for yourself on Instagram, then, um, okay, I guess, you know, that's you can do that. But boy, don't get caught. Well, we have some uh, feedback from Bombardiers if you'd like to hear it. Here we go. Cindy writes, The whole idea of purchasing any sort of stock imagery to create a composite with your own work is so shady to me. If you photographed every element in the final image yourself, then go for it. Composite away. But if even one piece of composite image wasn't created by you, how on earth can you take credit for it? I don't stand it. I don't understand it at all. Um, you know, <laughs> Richard writes in, This is interesting. Provided he is not BSing what he did was not illegal in terms of copyright. He is guilty of being stupid. <laughs> not sure that means... <laughs> exactly. Not sure point. that means he should... This is the important part. Not sure that it means... If that means he should be hounded off the internet. Because this guy is getting some serious canceling blowback 
from other photographers online. Right. And and what's really the saddest part about this is what you said, Sean, already, was is if he had been upfront all along and said, here's what I do. I, compo- I take pictures of your dog or my dog, and then I composite them into these great, beautiful locations. He he would have been he would have been just as uh, you know lauded and followed and applauded for that because that because that right there is is a very marketable and hard skill you know what I mean that's what's weird to me is that he thinks that getting credit for putting your dog on this mountaintop is greater than getting credit for being able to Photoshop a dog onto a mountaintop so well that you can't tell and I'm not so sure it is I'm not, I could I could photograph a dog on a mountaintop a lot better than I could Photoshop a dog onto a mountain yeah that's that's a fair point well uh, you know there's an interesting point here I think about about the fraudulent nature of it uh, Lucas wrote the problem is not about creating composites there are categories for such work at most of the photo competitions. The problem was to pass those comp- compositions as OG photos shot by him and misleading jurors, viewers, fans, and clients. People hired him for talks and conferences. He is a fraud. That's like in the business world, taking product designed and produced by competition, changing the label in a few colors, and selling it as your own. I think that the I, I think that the nature of this is that, you know, you know, we had one bombardier talking about being hounded off the internet, but like. If you think about it this way, if, if if someone else in a business world totally unrelated to photography, if it comes out that they were a fraud the entire time and that they were lying about what they were inventing, what they were creating, and that it was being stolen from someone else, like yeah, the the backlash would be crazy. But we're, you know, but because the skill set is related enough, I think people are going to some people are are predisposed to kind of defend this and say he didn't do anything illegal but like he he did unethical things and it's not always about yeah it's not always about the legal right yeah it was it's it's unethical and i think it yeah. it it makes people mad <laughs> and and, and, it makes them very mad. and here's the thing i am not pro cancel culture that's not this is not what i'm talking about but if you put yourself out there publicly on the internet lie a bunch and say you did things you didn't do you pass it off as your own you win contests, prizes, money, whatever. You gain monetarily by speaking at conferences and things like that. Like, guess what? You put yourself out there publicly, then the backlash will be public. You can't defraud the public and then say, please, give me my privacy. Yeah, give me my privacy. <laughs> so yeah. for everybody, yeah. every idiot celebrity putting their nonsense out there on the internet, everybody like putting stuff out there and being mad at what comes back to you, it is ridiculous to put all this out there publicly and then expect when you're found out to be a fraud or a liar or misleading that the backlash isn't public. You can't ask yeah. for privacy after putting yourself out there like that. So there are plenty of people who can live their lives without putting he could be creating these images on his own, working on, you know, having a little gallery exit. He didn't have to put it on the internet and then double down and lie about it. That's that's why people are mad, I think. And so like the the backlash can't be private. It won't be private and it's unreasonable to expect that it would be. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree 100%. I um I had this happened this week. I I went and did a session at the beach with a bride and a groom. I had done their wedding on Saturday. We didn't get a chance to do the romantic stuff. It's a friend of mine. I'm like, listen, you guys are going to the beach. I'm going to come down because I know they want to beach stuff anyway. I'm going to come down, get back in your in your in your clothes, and we'll do some stuff on the beach. Great. So I came down, did some stuff on the beach. We're walking off. I'm looking at the images. There's some great stuff here, and I'm like, man, it's a shame I can't put these in competition. And he's like, why? And I said, because they weren't shot on the day of the wedding. 
so mm. they can't go into competition. Mm. But you, you could know, put them into and, the PO category. You just can't put and, them yeah, in the wedding. Yeah, but I couldn't. Yeah, but I couldn't put them in. But I couldn't put them into wedding. And I was like, and then and then I just thought to myself, of course, no one would know. No, no. one would have any way of knowing. But I was one of the people that pushed for that rule. Right. Yeah, that makes <laughs> I was fair. one of the people. So the last thing in the world I would do is break a rule, but I certainly am not going to break a rule that I pushed for. Right. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? So no, they will not go into the wedding competition, even though I know I could get away with it. You want to talk about another controversial one this week? We got another controversial story that's gone viral with a lot of Bobadier feedback. The headline on Petpixel is, Photographer goes viral for deleting wedding photos in front of groom. Did you read this story? I, I saw a little piece of it, yeah. I mean, I, I got the gist of it that it would that they were paid what two hundred and fifty dollars and they were a friend. Yeah, well, basically, what happens is the the photographer, the woman that photographed this wedding, she is a dog groomer and she photographs clients um, to put up on Facebook and Instagram for her own social media. She has some photography experience, mostly works with pets. She was invited to her friend's wedding, but then the friend asked if she would photograph the wedding instead. And so I, I don't think it said exactly what he paid her in the article. Oh, yeah, it's $250. So for $250. And so she took the job. And, and however you feel about it, she probably shouldn't have taken the job. But By the way, it was like eight hours. Yeah, it was a full wedding. For 250 Yeah, eight hours. It wasn't like show up in you know, an hour. No, She started hours. at 11 a.m. She's due to finish the job. Exit time is 7.30. At 5 p.m., dinner's being served. And she was told... Uh, not to stop and eat because she needed to be the photographer and they didn't give her a spot at any of the tables. So she says, I'm getting tired at this point and kind of regretting doing this for next to nothing. It's also unbelievably hot. The venue is an old veterans legion and it's 110 degrees and there's no AC. And then she has this exchange with the groom. She told the groom, I need to take off for 20 minutes to get something to eat and drink. There's no open bar, I can't get water, and my two water bottles are long empty. He tells me I need to be the photographer or leave without pay. With the heat, being hungry, generally annoyed at the circumstances, I asked if he was sure, and he said yes. So I deleted all the photos I took in front of him and took off, saying I'm not his photographer anymore. Yeah. Mm. So, um... You know, I want to be diplomatic about this. Yeah, but go for it. I'm, but uh, but no, I'm, I'm not going to be diplomatic about it. And uh, yeah, delete the photos and walk. I, I, I'm totally behind it. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Dude. I'm sorry. I, listen, I'm, first of all, I'm supposed to be a friend of yours. I was invited to the wedding and then it was changed over, right? That was the, the person she was supposed to be invited to the wedding. And then they asked her to do the photos. But the whole... $250 for a whole day and you can't feed me? No. No. It's, it's the either be the photographer or don't be the photographer. You know, forfeit the money. That's the thing. If you put the ultimatum to me, uh, this isn't, this is, uh, it's not isn't on me. This is on you. You gave me two choices and I picked one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you, what are you mad at me for? Why did you give me that choice? You told me that I could just not be the photographer and, and, uh, at your wedding. So that's what I've decided not to do. In a rare moment of disagreement. Yes. <laughs> I think that what happened, what had happened was, I think that the, the, this is a... What had happened was... This is a series Lisa. of incredibly bad decisions yes. all leading up to this moment. Yes. So you have a groom, potentially a bride. First of all, I think that this is a very incomplete view of the day. 
So this is a very narrow view into a very long day. And who knows what other inciting incidents there were, what other circumstances there were, what other conversations they had. It's very very one-sided, and it's a very narrow view into the day. So nobody's hot take on this is going to be complete. And so based on the information that we have, is what I'm going to say, I'm going to say. We do know that she's not a wedding photographer and not a professional photographer. So to, to, it started out with the groom making the bad decision not to hire a professional and to ask his friend with a camera to do it, to assume right. that because she can take good pictures of dogs that she's groomed, that she will know how to photograph a wedding and not only know how to photograph the wedding, she might have taken images that were perfectly lovely, but she's clearly not going to be prepared to photograph a wedding on the paperwork side, on the experience side, because here's the other thing. If you're an experienced wedding photographer, you know that... You sort the food issue out well ahead of time. And if they're mm-hmm. not going to feed you, I bring food. I pack a lunchbox. I pack, you know, I pack what I need to eat to keep going. And I don't, if that's not part of the deal, in my early days, there were plenty of weddings I didn't get fed. And so, you know, you bring a lunch, you know, or whatever. And, and so be mad at me if you want, but it should have been sorted out ahead of time. And an experienced wedding photographer would have already made that deal and taken care of that. Um, so bad decision not to hire a pro, bad decision to ask a friend to do it. There goes a friendship. Bad decision on her part to take the job because she didn't even know what she didn't know. She didn't even know what she was getting into, clearly. And then, you know, to put the to have this friendship in this situation, in this pressure cooker of a situation that is a wedding, uh, a wedding, where everybody is either their very best self on that day or they're their very worst self on that day, especially the bride and groom, the mothers and stuff like that. So like this, if, if, if somebody's, if somebody's got a, a crappy, if somebody's got some underlying personality issues, if they're a bad person under pressure, it's going to come out on their, on a wedding day. That's just when it is going to happen. So, you know, potentially this bride and groom have been having maybe a tough day, maybe a great day, a lot of pressure either way. So he did a thing. He was a jerk that day. He was a horrible friend. He was a bad person. He said some terrible things and treated her very, very poorly. That being said, if if the photos were not involved and he had just been a total jerk to her that day, then, you know, that friendship can recover from that. That friendship over time, he'd be like, you know what? I wasn't myself. I had too much to drink. You know, we got into a big fight right before we walked into reception, and I took it out on you, and I feel terrible about it. Please forgive me. Like, friendship can recover from that, you know? Okay. But, like, what a friendship will never recover from is the fact that you've got the only photos of this wedding, and you deleted them forever. So I think that, yes, walk off the job. Absolutely. But deleting the photos is just like the <laughs> nuclear option. Like even yeah, if, it's, I agree. if it was someone I yeah. hated, I would still not, I wouldn't delete my worst enemy's wedding photos. If I, you know what I mean? Somebody who like, you know, I, I don't know, somebody who stole my car and punched my mom and anything bad that I can think of, I still, if I had an option to be able to hack their computer and delete their wedding photos, I would never do that. And right. a wedding photographer, a professional photographer... I think most wouldn't have made that decision. Walk off the job, 100%. We have no contract, clearly. There's nothing to be lost. 250 bucks is a small price to pay for my dignity. But deleting the photos is brutal. It's savage. And it's something you can't undo. So that nuclear option to me is what was just way too far. Yes, he was a horrendous jerk. And I think she was too. I think they both sound like stupid, terrible people. <laughs> they really do. I just, I, I agree with you. I wouldn't delete the photos either. But at the same time, 
I just kind of like the mic drop of it. Yeah, I do. I just like I just like the you you know you if you give me an ultimatum, okay, we're, we're, I'm going to take the ultimatum. It's on you now. I would take and it. I'm done. I would take the card out of my camera. I'd put it in the little pocket with his pocket square, and I'd I'd walk out the door. Absolutely. But like, oh, see, no, no, I'm going to hand him all the photos. Why not? They're raw. He's not even going to know what to do with them. Like, he'll figure it out. Yeah. I would just, wa- I would just walk and take the photos with me, and then wait for him to contact me. Nah, nah, I'd just be done with you it. Know. Like, it's not worth it. I don't want to quibble over money. I'm not like, mm, just be done with it. Just cut the strings and walk away, and then you could recover from that. Because then it's like, oh, he still has the photos. And if he wanted me to like work on them or refer him to somebody who could or do something like, he's going to have to bring those photos back to me and like beg no, me. No, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You are talking so much about trying to save the relationship. I'm done with you. Well, good. I don't want to save the good. relationship Good, then if he's you, got the a-hole. photos and he has no reason to talk to me ever again, ever. That's right, but he also gets everything. So? I'm like, no. Who cares? No, I don't get my 250 but you get the photos? No. Not worth it. Don't care. I don't ever want to have a conversation with this a-hole again. Like here, now. I don't, either, have... I don't either, which is why I'm deleting him right in front of you. No, There's no reason no. for you to talk to me because these photos are No, gone. because then you open yourself up to all kinds of potential problems there. You could file a lawsuit for that. If, if Whether there's an actual paper contract, in, in you, could, you could get sued. And right. you might win, but it's going to wreck your life for a little while. I'd be like, here you go. Have the photos I've taken so far today. I'm out 5,000. Well, I'm certainly, I'm certainly not recommending that someone should do it. Never. I'm just saying I, do, I love the mic drop of it. No way. Hard pass. I'd, I'd protect myself. No thanks. I'd be like, here's the card. Hasta la pizza. I'm out of here. But like, I would not delete the photo. It's just short-sighted and cruel and this guy could be an otherwise great dude who cracked under the pressure of the 110 degree venue and a mother-in-law who was crawling up his butt i'm not defending the guy but like on any other given day he could be a great friend and a really nice dude everybody can have a bad day and he could earn that friendship back just for having mistreated her but she'll never be able like and what if she's better friends with the bride and not the groom and now there's like you've i mean it's just here you go I'm out of here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go kiss the bride goodbye. See you, dude. Like, take the high road. Leave with my dignity, and leave nothing else to ever be spoken about with this guy ever again. If I don't have to. Okay. That's how I would do it. But you know, we got some. I would probably do it along that along that same line as well. I because I don't burn bridges, so I'd probably just give the guy the card and give the guy the files and be done. You know, and that would be it. But that doesn't mean I don't admire the person. Who was able to? It was. It took some big old balls. (laughs) Because I'm married to one of those people. It took a lot of balls, but not a lot of brains (laughs) to do that. Uh, We have a couple of comments from bombardiers on this issue. Would you like to hear them? Sure. Nah, I don't think I'm going to read them to you. No, I'm just (laughs) stalling time while I scroll and find the comments here. And here we go. Okay. So let's roll into it. Man, we got a bunch of comments on this. Trish said, being that she's not a professional photographer, they definitely got what they paid for. And she would have known that sometimes you get treated like S and you should never shoot for cheap as a favor. Even though she was originally invited as a guest, she was willing to delete her friend's wedding photos. Two class acts. Could not agree more, Trish. Tim writes in, I would say he is not the A, uh, she is not the A-hole. Um, she's not a wedding photographer, so I can only judge her actions as a friend of the groom. She had RSP feet as a guest, but in her meal choice, and he took it away because he's going. She's going to be working and won't need to eat. He was paying her next to nothing for ten for a ten hour gig plus all those hours of editing. And when she says she needs to go take twenty minutes to eat and drink, he threatens to take away that two hundred fifty bucks. She confirmed that if she has to take a break, she's not getting paid as a photographer, and so the pictures went bye bye. He wasn't showing her any respect as a friend or even as a human being, so he had it coming. 
Um, yeah, so Tim writes in, the groom is an a-hole. That poor photo friend photographer is a great person, and kudos to her for sticking with her guns. Well, it most likely costs her a friendship. Who needs a person like that anyways? If the groom is acting like that on the wedding day, I have a weird feeling we should be putting bets on how long the marriage will last. Yeah. 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 That, and this is, a, and then Stephen Van Elk from the uh, Wedding Photo Hangover podcast, uh, friends of ours, writes: If you hired a dog groomer to do photography for ten hours and told them they weren't allowed to eat, would you expect to get photos back from them? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then uh, Cindy says, "I agree that deleting the photos was a step too far. I think she should, she still would have gotten her point across just by leaving. And who would blame her? Perhaps he could have just sent them all the raw files and said, good luck to you.' And even though she's still likely not to get paid, the bride and groom would still have to pay someone to edit those photos, or they'd be useless. And that would have been vengeance enough for me." So, you know, it's one of those issues that you're going to get strong opinions on both yeah, sides. Yeah, yeah, everybody feels a little bit differently about it. I mean, I don't expect everybody to agree with me, but, you know, I just, I, I would try to be thinking of how, what, how much heartache is this going to cause me six months from now, you know, and I would just try but to... But see, I don't think you're thinking about that when you're not a photographer and it's not a business. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just... So, like, it's what are you going to do? I'm a dog groomer. What are you going to do? Trash me as a photographer on fa- on Facebook? Also, side note, as long as she didn't reuse that card and write it over with new images, technically right. you could still save those images yeah. with a, like a drive recovery software. So, it, yeah, you, you know, still save them. that is a possibility. All right, we've got to, uh, we're getting close to the end here, but there are a couple of quick hits Hit that I do want to do real quick before we go. Um, you know, I am all for free markets, and I'm all for survival of the fittest and fair competition. But there are some times when I just wish that somebody in charge would just lay down the law and make people do a certain thing. And it's happening in the EU because the EU is proposing that it be mandatory that everyone who has a device that gets charged must use a USB-C charging cable. And I love this idea. I'm sorry, but I love this idea. As a household that is both Android and Apple, I just love the idea that you could have one cord to rule them all. Mm. One cord to, to charge anything in your house. Yes, I'm all for it. Let the word come down from high, from the king, yeah, let's, that everyone must use the USB-C. You know, and course, you see movies and stuff about the future, what they never have is a drawer with 6,000 cables in yeah, it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. what, I, what we want the future is to be a little more homogenized with our charging right. options. Like, these companies should be smart enough to get together and go, guys, let's just use a standard. Right, but if you don't, but if they won't, then let some, then let the government just step in and go, okay, since you guys won't get your S together, we're just going to go ahead and tell you it's all going to be done. This yeah, way. well, and this is, Apple is the one who's really going to suffer, because they seem to be the only one that's not totally on board with the USB-C train. They are with their newer iPads and with their, you know, newer computers, but the iPhone is still using that lightning charging cable. Right. And, and, and by the way, I think that the lightning cable is a better design. I think it's, it's ergonomically better. It doesn't have, you know, I just think overall... It's just a lot smarter. It connects with those tabs like a flash drive. There's no like hole and a little thing that you have to get it in just right that could snap off. I, I believe that it's a better design. But I believe if every, literally everybody else is going to use USB-C, like, so the, realistically, what are they going to have to do? Make iPhones for the European market that have USB-C? I guess. Or are they just going to be forced to switch over? Because I feel like Apple's like the, we're just going to do this and screw you company. Like, although here's the thing, everybody complains about the things that they do but they drive the industry when they th- yeah. when they got rid of optical drives in computers there was rabble 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 and i haven't touched a cd-rom in like a decade right. you know right. like when they got rid of the ethernet port for wi-fi and every rabble 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 it's fine it's fine because wi-fi is fast now and everything's fine like there's just 
all these things that they do, they're usually ahead of the curve as far, you know what I mean? And in this case... I, I say this too, though. For me, it kind of has worked out because I'm the only Android user and everyone else in my house is Apple. And they lose their cords and they steal their cords from each other and no one ever messes with my cords. Yeah, that's, that's you know what? <laughs> like my wife's always like, she can't find her charger because one of the kids is taking the charger. And I'm like, not my charger, right where I left it because no could, one uses if it If you me. were going to make a case for me to why I should switch to Android, that would be yeah. it. Like, I'm telling you, dude, it's it's great. It's awesome because I'm the only one in the house that uses USB-C. Yeah, everybody else in my house? Totally fine. It's like, I've, yeah. you, could, you could talk me to, away from Apple if you're like, you won't have to like swap or steal chargers. You just, nobody must with your stuff. I'd, I'd be for that. Absolutely. I just want to do one quick hit. Speaking of Apple though, um, iPhone 13 has uh, a new ability to shoot in ProRes video format that I think is really cool. And I posted in the Bombardier's Lounge, um, which is our Facebook group, if you're not a member, um, that um, a video, they shot a short film totally with the iPhone 13 and its new cinematic mode, which looks really, really cool. And I've seen a couple of YouTube videos about it. Um, this um, ProRes video format is going to chew up six gigabytes per minute of footage for those of you that want to use it. So, I mean, luckily they offer a new one terabyte version of the phone, which is cool, which is going to cost you 1500 bucks instead of like 800 bucks or whatever. But this, the new iPhone really does look like it could be a at least partial replacement for using a mirrorless or a DSLR for a lot of YouTubers. Like it's getting so close to good enough and it's not there. I did see a lot of side-by-sides with common mirrorless, you know, uh, cinema cameras, etc. But I like it's pretty great. And for most YouTube channels, considering the quality, like, it'd be pretty rad. It's a pretty, pretty cool device. So keep an eye on that. I think that, um, you know, the abilities they're adding to it, shooting raw, shooting in ProRes video format, like, this device in your hand, I got, like, in another five to seven years, you know, there'll be most content creators won't even worry about anything but this. And I think many already don't. Samsung announced uh, more details on their new uh, sensor that's going to go into their phones. And they're coming out with a 200 megapixel sensor, 16,000 by 12,000 pixels at 7.5 frames per second. And how much, how big are those files going to be? Yeah, I'm sure they're going to be pretty big. But here's the deal. Um, Here's a... It just amazes me that the phone technology is driving our technology yes, and not the other way around because it's going to be the first sensor that they put out that's going to support what they call 4x4 pixel binning. And this is they call it the chameleon cell technology. And what it does is when you're shooting at night, it combines four of the pixels into like one super pixel, which can collect more light and therefore give you better low light performance. Now, I don't know how that works. But why did we not see this on the top of the line Sony camera before well, it makes Well, what you're its talking way? about is computational photography versus traditional right. means of, of, of image gathering. So the AI, the software, the algorithms, whatever you want to call it, are going to be doing the heavy lifting in terms of image quality. And in my opinion, a 200 megapixel cell phone camera is going to give you a very large file that doesn't look very good when you actually get in and look at it. You know, that being said, that this computational photography trying to make these tiny, tiny sensors create higher and higher quality images, it will eventually, all these things will get to uh, our cameras. And imagine right. a, a really high quality sensor that's really incredible, 
that with really great glass on a really great camera body that also has these incredible computational photography abilities that are just going to make it impossible to take a bad picture. Julie went and did some photos. I gave her, she hasn't photographed um, professionally in our business since we started having kids. And so that's been almost seven years. And so she has not used a mirrorless camera for a professional job. She has. She went out to take some pictures for a friend this weekend, and I gave her the RP with a 24 to 70 on it. And she took that Canon RP and 24 to 70. This is, she's never used eye autofocus. She's never used any, any, it's like a, it's like a time. She just time traveled to what a modern mirrorless camera wow. can do. And she came back and she goes, I don't feel like I did anything. She goes, but you can't take a bad picture. <laughs> I was like, just set it to program and just let it focus and, and do it. And she took 51 photos, 51 tax sharp, perfectly exposed photos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, uh, the, the technology is, is getting there better and better. And these cell phones and IS, Apple and Samsung are going to lead the way in terms of image making. And that's going to switch. It's going to really affect what we do as photographers. No question. Yeah, it's just so funny that the, that the that the camera phones are driving our end, and you would think it would be the other way around. You know, typically it's like the high end cars; it trickles down from the high end cars to the Camry, and in this case, it's trickling up from the Camry right. to yeah. <laughs> to the Lexus. So, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see what the next generation of cell phones is going to do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that about wraps it up. Time to uh, send this thing to the uh, wherever it is that we send this thing. I don't know where I was going <laughs> to the that. internet? I don't, no idea. No idea where I was going with that uh, that closing that I was just coming off the top. Do of you want to try with. it again? Uh, Photobomb is written and produced by Boo Ray Perry and Gary Hughes, and you can find us online. Just go to Facebook.com/groups/slash Bombardiers Lounge. And when you hear us talking about the comments that were made on our stories, that all happened in the Bombardiers Lounge. Why are you not joining us there? You can also find our website at photobombpodcast.com. Gary's website is hughesfioretti.com. So it is. My website is bureperry.com, and you can send us emails and questions and stuff like that. Just send it to questions at photobombpodcast.com, and we will see you back here next week. See you later. Bye.